Hello, rock stars. Welcome to episode two of Back to Batch Pod. Thank you for joining me. Today's guest is a fellow UBC grad, an aspiring UX designer, and someone who I think might have even been there when I started watching Bachelor shows for the first time. Uh, so with that, welcome, Rachel, to the podcast. Oh my God, what an introduction. Did I miss anything? No, I'm... I. <laughs> wow, we should we need to hang out more. <laughs> well, you're pumping me up. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm excited to, you know, hear your hot take on this episode. Well, it was pretty pretty dramatic, um, at least compared to limos, I guess. But um, I guess the first thing I'd be curious to know is coming into tonight's episode, who who your front runners were or who you thought the villains might be before seeing everything that happened tonight? Front runners. Honestly, I, it was really hard. Maybe I'm just bad at knowing from the beginning, but I really have no idea because I feel like a lot of my ideas of the guys are just based on the editing and how the producers want to portray them. So it's really hard to actually tell who has a connection. I want to like Connor, the cat guy. But just, I, maybe it's I'm getting Jed flashbacks, but with the guitar. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah. But I want to like him because I'm like, oh, he's a math teacher. I know. Yeah. I, I think I like him. Um, it's interesting, though, because, like, I think, I don't know the exact stat, but it's something crazy where for the bachelorette, like, for the women leads, their first impression rose pick has been the winner, like the guy they end up with, like multiple seasons in a row. Like, I think it was like Becca's season, Rachel's season, Claire. Like, it's been like, I think, oh. I think basically everyone except Tasha for like quite a while has actually ended up their first impression where it was winning. And to be fair to Tasha, she didn't actually do limos, she just walked into the room. So it's a bit different. True. Yeah, limo, I feel like, uh, I mean, I know it's Bachelor and I know what to expect, but that just really gets dragged out. Like, it really, really gets dragged out. And I can't even imagine what it's like to be there because I've heard that they do that all night, like, through into the morning. Yeah. Is when they're actually done. And it just... Like, they didn't show uh, it this time, and I think it might have depended when they were filming as well. But there have definitely mm -hmm. been seasons where they send people home and their exit interviews are in daylight, like, the next morning. And it's starting to get light out already. So that is, <laughs> is a lot. Not sure if you have any villains, though, if you don't have very many front runners. Well, okay. Um, villain. Wait, I'm just trying to. What was his name? Who was the guy when they had the sex positive show? What was that called? The greatest lover of all time. Oh. Who was the winner? Of it again? The Virgin? What was his name? Yeah, Mike. Ah, oh, I love that he was the winner. Because I feel like that's also part of being sex positive. And I was like, wow, way to, way to like practice what you preach. And he was vulnerable. And I was, I liked that. I really like that he's not like, he came in and was saying, like, this is what I want to do. But obviously, I know that's not what you're doing. And that's fine. And I'm still here. Whereas 
not like Luke P from Hannah's season where he basically just blew up when he found out she had sex with other oh, guys during yeah. fantasy suites. There's that. I was also going to say, like, I, I feel like she's a little anxious about people just sucking up to her and not being honest. And I just liked that he was actually being honest about his situation and his beliefs. It was, yeah, it was great. Good job, guys. Because he was really freaking out, too. He was losing his mind. I was so worried he was just going to not say anything to her and send himself home, basically. But then he actually did the poem and did really well. And I was like, oh, good for you. Like, proud of you for owning that. And I was worried when he kept putting question marks on his whiteboard. I was like, is he just not going to tell her? But it worked out. <laughs> it, it, in the end, it did work out. Yeah. Who are your front runners? I'm a big fan of Greg, and we'll get to his one-on-one, but I think Greg and Connor, if I had to pick right now, would be my top two. Wait, there's two Connors. Cat Connor, Which, like, yeah. Cat Connor? Okay, uh, I want to uh, like him. Could I do like him? I think it's just the fact that he's, like, a musician on, <laughs> on The Bachelor, and we've seen this before where they're they're just like there to get their name out there um that i am just a little bit anxious but i will give him the benefit of the doubt for now i'm almost more worried about him just being emotionally unstable or fragile it's a little hard to tell how he's gonna hold up throughout the whole process but Mm-hmm. his song was pretty pretty well balanced between yeah. not overly graphic but also still funny it yeah it was funny i think maybe because i just watched Bo, the bo burnham special i was getting just a little bit of bo burnham vibes <laughs> just a bit just a touch but like i haven't seen it yet I need that to. was filmed before so it's not it's not bo burnham i'm i'm getting off track here gotta stay on focus sorry <laughs> We also had Trey, who used puppets, which I thought was quite, quite creative, quite funny. And then James did the dick in a box, it looks like. So that's a classic. I guess it's, it's still like the, the theme of sex positive is maybe I'm just like, can we not? Like, does everything have to be about that? Like, even in the first episode. It was just one date. That's true. <laughs> I guess I've just, like, in the last, the first episode, I noticed they were also talking about that, but. Yeah, but if you think about how many guys from, like, Hannah B's season came out doing, like, Alabama things, or how many people from, like, Becca Kufrin's season came out and were like, let's do the damn thing, like, I feel like it's very typical for early in the season for people to just ham up whatever Mm. the one thing they took from last season is. Like, I think it'll be less and less of a thing further on you go. That is such a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. Carl was on that date, and we'll get to, like, the drama that happened later. Oh, Carl. Don't think he did well. There was a point where he was talking after it in the evening, I guess, and he was saying he thought it went really well. Like, he thought they connected in the outtakes. And I could just tell, like, by her voice. You're like, this is the voice someone uses when they're on a date and they're trying to leave. (laughs) I think Carl might be the villain. 
of this season. I think he might go home. Yeah. But, and to be fair, like, I'm fully sure the producers are feeding him questions. That's why it's hard to know. But I always also say, like, they don't make you say anything. And so I try to kind of evaluate it. Like, even if someone asked you a leading question, like, would I actually say that Mm -hmm. on national TV? And a lot of the time the villains say things and I'm like, you know, you're being filmed. Like, how can you even, it doesn't matter what the question was. That shouldn't be your answer. Yeah. He was a little cringy when he was like holding up the sign. I mean, I know the whole theme was like sex, but it felt inappropriate even for, even for the theme. I don't know. He, what he was doing made me really uncomfortable. I didn't like that he used a cutout of like her. Like, it was just too personal. It was really weird. It, it, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Who wasn't on the day? Was the hockey player, the Toronto guy, on? I don't know. I don't think so. If he was, he got literally no airtime. I don't know what date he was even on this episode. Oh. I just, just because he's, is he the only Canadian? Yeah, I think he is. I just really played up the Canadian. And I feel like... Okay, actually, I would like to know, what is your um, idea of how The Bachelor Bachelorette portrays Canadians on the show? Because they always have, a, they always toss a few in. And I'm pretty sure Caitlin Bristow, she's from Vancouver, right? Oh, maybe. She might be. But she's not branded as Canadian, because I think she, like, lives in, I don't know, California or something now? Yeah, like, she lives in the States now. I don't really like how... The producers sometimes... Well, is it all the producers or is it who they pick? I feel like they just always pick, like, one person. And so when you're trying to stand out in a group of that many people, it's so easy to just be like, oh, I'm Canadian and this is my thing. And it's kind of like a nice shtick. I don't know how much the producers push it or not. But if you only put one person in every season, you're never going to... Like, it's always going to be too stereotypical like especially if they don't make it far and a lot of times they don't Caitlin did if she is Canadian so you like you get past the stereotype but a lot of them it's like you come in you're like oh I'm the Canadian guy and then you're there for like three episodes I play hockey bro yeah and it's like okay great and I feel like he's probably not even hamming it up like that much it's just you only picked one guy so yeah I think I he'll probably go yeah, home. Yeah, I think so. Like, he seems fine. But, but just when they were like, he, he plays hockey, and I'm like, oh, okay. Let me pick something else. Yeah. You're like, okay, great, thanks. And then we move on to the one-on-one. So Greg got the one-on-one, and he also got the first impression rose last week. So I'm not, I can't remember if they usually do that or not. Because everyone seemed pretty surprised, and he seemed pretty surprised. And I wasn't quite sure if he should have been. I just can't remember if they usually do that or not. Uh, I have no idea how the rules work, but... Okay, I don't know much about the concept of trauma bonding. Except I have heard that it is not good, but I don't know why, slash what, know what it is. So I probably shouldn't be talking about it. I know they both went, they both had, like, (laughs) a similar trauma, and they seemed to bond over that. And so I, 
I can't tell if that is a good or a bad thing. I mean, only they know, time will tell, but. Yeah. I think it was a really nice date. Like it was kind of nice that he was able to not mention it during the day portion and kind of let her have her moment, but also that they just were able to have a good time. It seemed like, let's see, it, he seemed to be like really enjoying the date. It was, was wholesome, so wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, she, he saw the fishing rods, and he was so excited. It was so cute. I don't know. I feel like now that they've connected over that, and I think it's good that they have other things that they connected on before, is I guess the point I'm trying to make, is like she had that, they had that whole date and like didn't, like she didn't know about it. Yeah, like that's a good point. Is good, I think, but mm-hmm. like they have such a strong connection, and now that they can relate to each other on that level. They both understand each other. I'm like, good luck for the rest of the boys. I know. I'm like, I think he just won the whole season. Like, I think the season was, I saw that and I was like, the season's over. And I knew it too, because he was like, oh, I totally get what you mean. And I feel like she kind of looked at him like, no, you don't. And I was like, oh, I bet he does. Yeah. I'm sure he's leading into this. Yeah. Okay. You're right. He's, he's definitely, it feels weird saying he's got an edge. That doesn't feel appropriate. But there's definitely, because they, they truly both understand, like, what the respective person has gone through, that, that, will, that will bond, you know, a couple. For sure, yeah. I really like him anyways. Um, I think he was actually cast for Claire's season, and then when they did the recasting, he got cut. Was he too young at the time? Well, remember they cast Claire's season and then there was the lockdown and then they did some rejigging because remember like Matt James was originally cast and then there was outside drama and Claire subtweeted him. So they took him out of the cast and I think just overall they did some recasting once they found out it was her and after the COVID lockdown. But I think it's certainly much better for Greg to be on this season than last season in any way shape or form how old is katie because i noticed there's a lot of guys that were in their late 20s she's 30 okay there yeah so i feel like that's pretty that's pretty standard i just thought there was a lot of guys in their mid to late 20s like i'm seeing a lot of people that were 26 for some reason 25 26 and not a lot of guys in their 30s because they used them all on Claire's season. They probably stuck with all the oldest oh. guys they had. <laughs> like, not, not quite, because they would have had to recast, but... Like, yeah, what do you think they're looking for? Because if they're... I don't... To an extent, it just feels like they tossed a bunch of random people, and we're like, well, we'll, we'll see if one works. Yeah, I don't know. I never know what they use to pick and how they decide, because obviously you have a variety of people and like different jobs and places you're from. And that's kind of the whole point to dating a bunch of people is to get some variety and like meet all the different guys. But yeah, I'd be very curious to know and like what the age range is or like how much the lead gets a say. And I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, wait, is your brain, I'm, okay, I'm not sure, but is your brain done developing when you're 27? Am I making that number up or is it 25? 
Yeah. It's like your mid twenties or something like that. That could also be factually <laughs> wrong. My point is, I just think it's interesting that the selection seems to be a bit younger than her. When I, I think guys age are, it just takes them longer to mature. I feel like it's interesting that, I mean, I'd have to look more and see if there's, I think there are like some guys in their thirties, but yeah, it'd be interesting to know the split and like who's younger and older and because I also don't really know what her career was before this and anything like that. I, I always wonder in their careers what allows them to take time off. Like, like what's the hockey player guy doing? He's training to be a firefighter, but he's training. Or he, I don't know if he's a volunteer. I know he wants to become like a paid firefighter, but I don't know where he's at or I know they filmed this in the winter so it's probably pretty easy for him to get away true also Carl as a motivational speaker there were some points where I did not feel like he was well spoken he seems quite unhinged like he seems like the kind of guy where in a group project he's like hey guys what about this idea like, why don't we do it this way? And everyone else in the group is like, that way is more work, and it's dumb. <laughs> like, he's like, we'll, we'll get into this. Let's not jump ahead. Let's not okay, jump okay. ahead. We'll get into it. So I thought Greg had a fantastic one-on-one, I guess, is the, the moral of that. That's- yeah, that looked so pure. Yeah. Like, it was cute. I liked it. Like, that's going to be devastating for anyone else if they have to see that. Like, it cannot be oh like if she ends up with someone else yeah and they're watching it and you're like yeah sorry (laughs) i had a a good time on that date (laughs) or if any of the other guys had seen what we saw like they it's like just go home pack your bags yeah the second group date was the big buckle brawl i believe okay yep and so pretty much everyone else was on that date the canadian guy might have been on that one i'm not really he was sure. just in the back. i'm the reason i'm focusing on it is well obviously because we're canadian and i just find it so interesting how americans the american media portrays canadians and how like there just seems to be a default like they'll just always oh and if you don't have, if you don't know what your personality is, just fall back on Canadian stereotypes. You'll be fine. It's yeah. like kind of what I feel like the producers fed him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, for that date, I was actually pretty impressed that the wrestling was all pretty civil. Like there wasn't anything super dirty. No. They had the ambulance on site, which I was like, oh, obviously you use this in the preview and then nothing happened. Wait, yeah, wait, why wasn't the cocky, why wasn't the Canadian more? <laughs> like, I don't, I'm just thinking about hockey fights, and I'm like, what? Well, because I this think they all time to shine. I think they all wrestled. I just don't think they hurt the other person. I don't think that's a no, bad they, thing. They fought clean. Yeah. You know, in hockey, I'm pretty sure they call it a gentleman's fight. <laughs> where you, like, take off your helmet and your gloves so that you don't hurt, like, because you'll hurt your knuckles if you 
anyway. <laughs> I think we're going to get messages about this. I don't know if that's what they call it. I've never heard of that. Gentleman's fight? Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I have heard that. And also, isn't taking off your helmet and your gloves so you can hurt the other person like so you can fight better like is no it take your gloves it's, off it's like okay this is i don't i don't know if this is true if someone knows if someone's listening and knows let God. carissa know so carissa can let me know <laughs> but i'm pretty sure like if if you're fighting the fights now in hockey tend to be more about like team like you're fighting the jersey not necessarily the player whereas before a couple decades ago it was more like players had beef i think yeah like people actually got hurt a lot worse (laughs) yeah so they'll just like take off your helmet and gloves so that you don't like get your knuckles messed up when you're hitting a helmet but why do you take off the gloves then like that has, isn't that just so you can fight? Like that's just logistics. No, no, don't, that, don't, you know, don't you know the expression "gloves off"? Yeah, yeah, that's like. But you're not being, a, you're not being like a gentleman for taking your gloves off. Like that's just how you fight. Listen, I didn't come up with the name. Okay, but okay, my, all I'm saying is Canadian. Jeez, he had no airtime. No, that was okay. his time to shine. If I'm not even playing? 100% sure if he was on that date or if it was... Okay, that's true. Because he I had wrote... really no airtime. No, he was. That was him. Oh, no. Yep, he was on that date. Okay. Did he have... Okay. How many people I... on that date? Um, one, two, three, four, five... Eight. Eight people were on the date, I believe. If I took my notes properly. Yeah, I don't know. They fought clean. They got in the mud. Yeah. When it came to Cody and Aaron, it was pretty obvious based on Tasha and Caitlin and Katie's reaction that they could tell immediately that those guys knew each other and there was something going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was subtle at all based on what they were saying, even if it was, and it obviously was produced a bit because they the producers put them against each other. Obviously, they knew there were, that they knew each other. There was stuff going on. Yeah. But their wrestling looked more intense, but no one got hurt, which was a pleasant surprise. And then even afterwards, I was fairly impressed. Um, after Aaron won, he got the one-on-one time, and he didn't, he didn't bring it up. Katie brought it up. And then Katie mm-hmm. asked him point blank what's going on between you two and i always feel like well if you're asked point blank like you kind of have to give an honest answer and he he got a pretty good edit i think and that everything he said in that clip he was really careful about this is what i think we just don't get along like we you know he rubs me the wrong way but i feel yeah Mm. a lot of my statements and sort of like he said this which makes you know which I don't think he's here for the right reasons or he's made these kinds of comments and it was a edit can we will there be any season where someone doesn't say here for the right reasons can we just say 
Like <laughs> it's gonna keep happening. <laughs> it's like, but it was really interesting because then later Katie goes back and talks to Cody, and she was quote she was saying, "Well, Aaron said this, and Aaron said this," and I'm like, "Those things, but those things didn't make the edit." Those things didn't make the edit. Oh. It was like, oh, he said you were malicious. He said this. And I'm like, that never aired. And not not that I think Katie made things up. I just mm-hmm. thought it was interesting because I'm like, those things that you're quoting back are so much worse than anything he said that made the edit. So I do think he got a nice edit of that conversation. I didn't even think about that. I just saw his reaction and was like, ooh, mm-mm, that's not good. Just like stuttered, he just was like, uh. "Yeah, it was so bad." And even she said he seemed so blank. And I mean, to his credit, he said, "I'm so like he in in his interview he was saying he was so fired up he was just holding it together." But he did a really mm-hmm. poor job of defending himself. I think. Yeah, I didn't think about how they edited it. But maybe now that I'm thinking back about his reaction, where he just kind of like didn't say anything, like I would just want him to say more, like, no, I'm here for you. I like you. I want to get to know you. Yeah. But he didn't really, he was just like, uh. He didn't say much. He was like, how can I defend myself when I don't even know what Aaron said? I'm like, well, shouldn't be that hard. You're just reassure <laughs> her that you're there for her. Yeah. Because you are, right? <laughs> yeah, are you? Are you? <laughs> I think what it came down to is just, and she sent him home. She's like, in my gut, I just don't see him being my husband. Slash, the trust was broken. Yeah, I don't think it was a super hard decision for her. I think she yeah. was just like, oh, now I don't really know if I can trust you. I didn't really like you that much anyways. Just get out of here. And I appreciate that she just sent him home right away because then she actually had time to talk to everyone else. Yeah. I, I wonder if the actual, like, how much of this was produced? And if there maybe wasn't that much and they just, like, sensationalized everything that happened. I think it was a big enough deal that Katie did, like, send him home. Like, it came up. Yeah, but she maybe just like, nah, I didn't really like him to begin with. Ah, he was just there. Ah, see ya. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was an easy decision for her. I do too. Yeah, she did not hesitate. So, yeah. And also, we got Greg in the mix, so good luck everyone else. Well, exactly. She's like, ah, oh, send you home. Not a big deal. We're at the cocktail, cocktail party, so I guess we can get into it. Like, obviously, Katie addressed the fact that she sent Cody home. And then everyone else was kind of like, okay, great. Sounds good. Let's have a nice cocktail party. And Carl's just sitting there going like, who else is here for the wrong reasons? Like three guys, five guys, 10 guys. It's like, I don't know, Carl. Who are you? Like, you the police? You here for drama? And then he's like, I don't want drama. I'm like, you're literally going to cause the drama. Like I called it from night one. He just is so wound up. That's why I find it really weird that he's a motivational speaker. In my mind, if you're a motivational speaker, you have your life a bit more to, not your life, but like 
emotional regulation is a bit better, maybe? I mean, I guess not. I don't know. It just seems like his he's not very stable, and then he also can't read the room. Like, to go in and just tell her, oh, I don't know if everyone here is being transparent. And then she's like, okay, who, what? And he's like, oh, you've had a rough night. And she's like, you don't get to tell me what I can and can't handle when you are the one who brought it up. Like, give me names, give me examples. Like, you brought this up. She didn't ask him for it. He later said she asked him, and I'm like, I don't think you did. Like, I know, I know this is cut together, but it sure didn't look like it. And so he's basically saying, some people, multiple people, may not be here for the right reasons and may not be fully truthful. And then, like, refuse to give her any other info. So, of course, she's upset. I think it's really scary being the Bachelorette, because over time... Or as, over time, Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise has gotten bigger. And I think it was, people were a bit more pure when they went on the show. But now that there's the social media factor and you can like sell tummy tea and get a million dollars or whatever, I don't know. Um, I think people are more motivated to go on and be less sincere with like whoever the bachelor bachelorette is so i would be really paranoid if i were her too like it's kind of scary yeah well like i definitely think there's a risk or there's a risk that there'll be one or two people or something but jed i think the way he went in (laughs) i think the way he went in and basically was like could be could be someone could be anyone and didn't actually have he didn't actually have any ideas or examples about anything like he wouldn't tell her anything he was just like i think there's some people here who who might not be here for the right reasons and then gave her nothing else so of course she's questioning literally everything because he gave her no direction like i don't think that's right and then i he came back out and like the whole room is like what the hell are you talking about and he's like I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. And they're like, you just blew up the whole cocktail party and you won't even say someone's name. Like you won't even give any examples. Like you have nothing. Well, that's why I'm tying back to like his profession, but he just maybe seems insecure. Like, you know how they say confidence is silent and insecurity is loud. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you were secure in yourself, you probably wouldn't. Yeah, like, what are you trying to gain from this? Are you trying to send people home or just have her like you? Because, you know, you think she's going to appreciate your honesty, but it just seemed like he was making stuff up and bringing it up at the wrong time if he did think there was a concern. And then, you know, he's in the room saying, oh, I want that person to come forward. And literally no one else has any idea. Like, maybe one person if he's actually talking to someone, but... Like, Katie pulled Aaron because she, I think, just trusted him from the whole Cody thing. Mm-hmm. And she asked him, like, what's the drama in the house? Like, what's going on? Because I'm sure she expected there to be something going on, possibly. <laughs> and Aaron's just, like, literally no idea. Like, none of those guys had any idea what he was talking about. I wonder if all these guys actually get along. 
And then the producers are like, okay, this is not salty enough. There's not enough action going on. Let's plant some seeds. Let's get to work. I think, like, I definitely notice there's less drama in the Bachelorette seasons than The Bachelor. Just, like, there's used or more straightforward drama with a house full of guys. I think when you're all living together and competing for the same girl, like, I don't think the producers did anything to Carl. Or... No? Like, in No, I... No. I just think he... That's just Carl. Yeah. Like, what did they tell him? Go in there and say someone is not telling you everything. Like, it's just ridiculously vague. That's why I'm saying, why did he... That's why I don't get why he did it. And why I wonder how much stuff the producers... How involved they were. There's always drama that happens, and there was already a bunch of drama this night. And I just think he thought maybe he could capitalize on that or take take advantage of it and kind of say, like, hey, I'm also going to be really transparent and look out for you. And well, it backfired. Yeah, because, like, the whole time he's just looks like he's overthinking things. Like, he's like, there could be, like, three or five or ten guys. Like, none of the other guys were thinking that. They all looked at him like he was crazy. Like, John literally commented at one point, like, oh, everyone here, like, there's so many good guys here. Like, I feel like Carl operates on a, like, guilty until proven innocent system in this episode. Like, he just assumes no one is there for the right reasons. Do you think it's because he's insecure? I I think it's quite the possibility. Kind of seems like it once you brought it up. And I also, like, I don't think... Katie likes him very much, so maybe you should be insecure about your place in this show. Wow, well said. I mean, I'm still going back. Like, I was, I was really cringy, cringing with the, I'm still thinking about the poster, the, like, st- sorry, what is that called? The poster thing of The cardboard cutout. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Um, and like you're saying, a bit unhinged. You're like, all right. What's he going to do? <laughs> not that he's like, he's not like the worst person we've seen on the show, but. I just think he's unnecessarily starting stuff. And I think he's kind of not thought about the consequences of his words in this episode. And that's something a lot of the other guys were pretty mad about because you know, you go tell someone who is, like, so invested in being so open that just giving her something super vague, which isn't even really looking out for her, like, it's pretty reasonable for her to be upset and then for nothing to come from that because you haven't identified any kind of issue that she can solve. You've just basically planted a seed of doubt and, like, walked away. Like, it's yeah. very... Like, you compare that to Greg on his one-on-one where he decided to wait to say, like, oh, yeah, also, my dad also passed away. Like, just the thought and consideration for her in those two scenarios feels so different. That is a good, that's a good, um, oh, my gosh, I'm going to use the word juxtaposition. It's like a good dichotomy, ew. Okay, we'll stop with those words. I don't like them. It's a good comparison. Thank you. 
that's better. (laughs) (laughs) I think he might get sent home. I really hope he does. I'm sure there'll be more drama throughout the season, but I think I'm kind of over the Carl drama. Well, I think that was the episode mostly. I don't know if there's anything else you feel like we missed that was important. No, just the kiss with, um, just, (laughs) wait. Oh my gosh, cat guy, math teacher. O'Connor. Yeah, when he was like, I have to do the first, the first kiss again because I touched your head and then he touched his head and I was like, bro, why? You just did the exact same thing. Well, he was <laughs> like, I touched your head with a cat paw. I'm like, okay, you don't have a cat oh. paw. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I thought it was, um, I was like, oh, it's kind of cute that you think you're going to like come into and be like, oh, let's redo the kiss. And then the way he approached it, I'm like, that was only marginally less awkward than the first time you did it, if at all. I wonder, like, if you're Katie and you have all these guys trying to, like, come on to you and and make moves on you, I wonder how many she's, like, actually down to kiss. I guess that's part of being sex positive is communicating. (laughs) And I think she really likes him. So even though he's sometimes a little awkward, it seems to work really well for him. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't think she's gonna go with him. I don't think she'll pick him in the end, but I think he'll go quite far. I think he'll be like top four, if not top two. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm really bad at the beginning. It's hard in the beginning. You know, I, I don't, it's so hard to know because it's like none of these guys have really that much airtime. Like, what if Greg does something that she really doesn't like and you're just like, ooh, and she just doesn't like it, you know? What if he doesn't wash his feet and we don't know that? And she's <laughs> like, I can't handle that. Yeah, I guess if any deal breakers come up, it'll really throw stuff off. Or even like in other seasons people always kind of like ride different waves and you get a one-on-one at the right time you kind of like peak like I feel like there's usually someone who flies under the radar for like half the season and then like halfway through gets a one-on-one and they hit it off and then they sail into the top because they got the one-on-one at the right time so it is hard at the beginning I'm bringing up the age thing again but I'm not sure how many in 2021 men in their mid-20s are ready to get married or like engaged um so that is also kind of on my mind because remember like in rachel season um was it peter yeah the top two it was yeah. like peter what was who did she go with again brian brian and like i think peter was a little bit wishy-washy like he wasn't sure and rachel was like i need someone who's ready yeah And I don't, that's what I am concerned about because it seems like the cast is a bit younger. And she's ready, but are they actually ready or do they just want to be on TV? Yeah, well, we'll have to find out. We will find out. The truth will come out. It's like, if you think about their journey where they're like, I don't know. Okay, sure. I'll just go on the show. I won't actually get on. And then they get on. And then 
let's say you actually fall in love with the whoever that like, mm-hmm. you fall in love with Katie, then you're like, okay, this is actually getting real. And then that's when cold feet happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like the chances of you getting on, the chances of you making it to the end. Yes. And then even if you come in and you think I'm open to love and then you fall in love and then you think maybe I'll be ready to get engaged, you don't know like even if you really like her you might not know whether or not you want to get engaged so I mean such is the nature of a show that's filmed in what like a couple of months like you can't know for sure I guess either way no matter how much you want to no matter how much like she says she's ready to and like for the lead it's a little easier because you're picking someone but like for those other guys it's like they can be like as into you as they'll ever be into anyone in that time period. Mm -hmm. Who knows if they'll be ready or not. And I feel like things are, things are really romantic until the cameras go away. And then you're just like left with the person and who they actually are. And you see them not like all done up. Yeah. And you really know who they are. Yeah. So, okay, well, such is every episode. Such is every episode, every season. <laughs> or sorry, every season, yeah. To wrap up, I will ask you what's your favorite either moment or person from the Bachelor franchise has been. And if you want to share that with okay. us. This is my favorite moment. <laughs> Going back to the cardboard cutout. Oh, when. Carl was being so obnoxious and he was like, what did he say? It was something just like really inappropriate. It was just so uncomfortable. And then Justin just went, no. (laughs) He was like, are we ready to, this girl needs to be banged or something just like, ew, stop, (laughs) don't. Everyone is here. And then Justin was like, no. Or like, I think he said something like, you guys know what I'm talking about. And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Justin. We we all were thinking that. Yeah. But like, your favorite in like all of Bachelor history, like all the seasons. My, oh, oh, sorry. That was my favorite moment of this episode. Yeah. Uh, okay, wait, sorry, my favorite of, the favorite bachelorette or favorite couple? Or sorry, favorite bachelor slash bachelorette or favorite couple? Like, your favorite, it can be, like, either a moment or, like, a person or a couple, like, whatever you want. Oh my gosh. Okay, I don't remember all of them. What's yours? I don't know. I haven't thought about my own answer. (laughs) I just thought it was a good question. <laughs> oh. Maybe Justin or James saying no on that date is your favorite moment from every single season. Han- Hannah B moving it, the pedestal was pretty good when Luke P came back. And he tried to crash oh, a rose. He tried to crash a rose ceremony and she just picked up the rose stand and moved it around him to continue on with the ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Ah, uh, I'm trying to think of like You know who I really liked? Who is the Was it Alexa? She came in with a dolphin. 
I just liked her because she was kind of like, she was just here for the ride. Oh, Alexis. What even on? It was Alexis oh, from okay. Nick Vial's season. She did not get that much airtime, but when she did, she just, why I liked her is because she looked like she was having a really good time with all the girls. Yeah. And that she made friends, and she was just enjoying herself. Yeah, I agree. She was, it's all, she was fun. It's always fun when they do a bit of a costume the first night and can actually own it, so that was pretty good. Yeah. But I'm trying to, like, I, I wish I could give a better answer of something, like, really epic that happened. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been fun. Thank you to everyone who listened. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye.